Yeah, we're, we're rolling. This whole time, but we haven't. You've been haven't fucking started. rolling? Mm-hmm. Rolling, man. Rolling. I man. Rolling. <laughs> Keep going. They hate it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the five Biden. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why did you stop? Try to catch me. <laughs> uh, they see me hating. No, no, it's they hating. They, they hating. Me rolling. Is, it's been a while. That they, see me, they see me. I think that they song. They see me hating. Yeah, oh, they, they hating. Yeah, they, they see right. me rolling. They, they hating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. What's the next line? They're, they're not seeing me in the act of hating. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to catch me. Yeah. Is it bad that every time I... Which means to be driving with drugs on you. Oh, oh. I didn't know that. Riding dirty. Interesting. That makes sense. Is it bad that every time I hear that song, I think of... Not Weird Al. I think of BB-8 because a gif of BB-8... From the Force Awakens, and somebody put "They see me rolling" right attached to it is so ingrained in my head that it's not white nerdy from Weird Al, but it yeah. is just BB-8, the droid from Star Wars. Weird, huh. that's weird. Like, yeah, that is weird. Not Weird Al, but it's weird. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if after today, if that's going to be stuck in my head now because I know the GIF in question. Right, right, right. Yeah. What is like the most? What is your favorite GIF? What do you think is the best GIF? Like the most famous GIF? I'm not. I'm going to tell this. you right now. I think my favorite is. The zoom in of Jeremiah Johnson smiling. <laughs> I love it so much. It's pretty great. That <laughs> slow zoom in yeah, and then yeah. it's just smiling. smile. That's, that's, that's a good one. It's my, favorite, my favorite's kind of an obscure one. It's uh, somebody took like a bunch of shots from like the kids dancing from the Jesus Camp documentary and then like <laughs> color treated it so it made it look like they were in a club. That's and, very uh, funny. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if you remember Kevin Ott, the former social media manager for Geek yeah, Century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he actually, he, uh, he posted from the GNS account hyping one of my panels at Comic-Con and he used that gif and I, I damn near lost my it's mind so when I funny. saw that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great... Because I know that doc from such like a sort of like academic yeah. documentary like <laughs> like lens yeah. and then to see that, it just it's kind of broken my mind on a little bit. I love the little girl that's eating cotton candy at the stadium and the camera pushes in on her and there's like a dude, there's like a dad or somebody next to her that's like cracking up because she's like... Oh, when her face oh, yeah, is crazy, yeah, yeah. she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. her eyes yeah. go crazy. Yeah. I love, I love the dude who I found out is it's it's at like a rap battle, and the dude who has the red solo cup. Oh, and he just like makes a funny face. Who like apparently just saw like a really pathetic display of something. And I know he what goes, you're talking about. Yeah, and like turns yeah, to the yeah, side. Yeah, turns to the side. Yeah. So good. That one's just good. That one's just like a good back pocket yeah. gift to have yeah. for like a reaction. For Man. these times. There's nothing better than having... I used a good one today, though. What was it? It was uh, just Bill Hader saying, I am just green with jealous rage oh. right now. <laughs> Hot Rod? That's great. Speaking Hot Rod gives... Hot Rod gives uh, oh, I'm, yeah. shit. I'm actually... I have to, re- I have to retract my answer. What? Um, what, what, to what question? To, what did to, we to ask you? To the gift. To the okay, what gift. is it? Best oh, gift. Okay. Best gift. Any gift from Turboteen. Oh, uh, that, yeah. Because, like, yeah. it's sort of escaped public consciousness mm-hmm. and I will always find a reason to use it yeah. and no one's ever prepared for it. <laughs> Turbo Teen, if you don't realize, was a 1983 cartoon about a boy who drove his Camaro into a, a scientist's lab <laughs> and it was hit by, I don't know, radioactive lightning or something. And You hate to see it happen. You, you see to, it all the yeah, time on such the a, news. such a shame. <laughs> all these youths in their radioactive lightning car chambers mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm, merges mm-hmm. with his car so now the motherfucker can turn into his car. The metamorphosis process mm-hmm. for, for Turbo Teen is one of the most disturbing visual things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It is Carpenter. It, it is Carpenter esque. Really? Uh, like yeah. his mouth becomes the grill. Yeah. And like he just kind of whips his hands and they become tires. And you just at the end of it, you're watching it. You're going like, 
Where is just this, make it sparkly or something, like a uh, puff of smoke, well, and all of a sudden. Well, no, even I thought the same thing <laughs> at five years old that I think now, which mm-hmm. is where is his dick in all of this? Like where? What? Like is it the that's axle? what they call an exhaust the, pipe, brother? Yeah, <laughs> my my buddy was like exhaust pipe. I'm like, I think it's the axle. I think it's like yeah, it forms like it, it could extends. be his fuel line. I don't know. Yeah. Just like <laughs> so that so you're a car guy. So right? oh, and, I'm and definitely and, a car guy and a dick guy. I so you would know love cars, cars yeah. and dicks. Yeah. You know what? That's his other podcast. Yeah. Never yeah. has uh you know a perfect opportunity come up for me like this <laughs> to talk about cars and dicks than yeah. the cartoon show Turbo Teen. Yep. Yeah. Turbo it's Teen. horrifying. So and yeah. those gifts are hilarious. Yeah, it, they're, they they're always and there's always only like one of them and it's always the same gift. Uh-huh. And it's an every gift. Robert, the I got the answer to your question right here. Was it a manual or an automatic? (laughs) (laughs) That'll tell you everything you need to know. Now I need to go down a turbo team rabbit hole. Here's the thing, There's the stick. I cannot think of a single instance. You you tell me the instance, Eddie, where uh, using a turbo... GIF is the perfect GIF usage. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like that's a surprise one where you throw people off. It's yeah. not like a here's a funny tweet and then you're like, I got the perfect GIF response and right. it's, it lines up perfectly. That's a hey, I'm going to freak you out. So uh, t- to that point, recently on Twitter, uh, journalist, very serious political journalist um, uh, Jeet here, mm-hmm. uh, who, who's fantastic. Go read his stuff. He uh, there was it was a it was the day of the Cohen testimony, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he said like I missed the. I missed the Cohen testimony. Does anybody have a gift that can sum it up? And I'm like, boy, do I. And I posted Turbo Teen, and I think that is the second highest like traction on a tweet I think I've ever gotten. Was just people agreeing, disagreeing strongly, and and then just like a third section of people You're just like, reminiscing finally about Turbo Teen. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. guessing. It's yeah. like, oh my god, yeah. that that I didn't dream of. Yeah, I thought this was a dream of my childhood. <laughs> right, right. I thought it was a nightmare. <laughs> oh, true. Thank yeah. you, Eddie, mm-hmm. on Twitter for t- for 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 <laughs> shining a light. Twitter handle right now. Yeah. Uh, that is at Kirby Matrix. That's right. There it is Kirby Matrix. That is that is a shitty little pun about Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. It's great. Kirby it's great. Yeah. What's what's the name of a isn't there like a Kirby Crackle is the name of the band. Yeah. Right? So actually my my LLC that I own is Cosmic Crackle Content. Oh nice. So I and actually prior to that it was Laser Fist Media because when I was when I was a kid, I didn't know it was called Kirby Laser Fist. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know it was called um Kirby Crackle. Right. So like I'd see Havoc and all those little black dots around his mm-hmm. fist, and I just called them laser fists. Laser fists. That's what they were. Yeah. So that's so I've I've had three companies, and two of them have been Jack Kirby references. That's awesome. So, so Kirby Crackle is of course referencing the the stylistic the, uh, mm-hmm. serial yeah. from the That would be great. Yeah. It's yeah. just it just tastes like Kirby cigars. Crackles. It's Does he just smoke like, a lot of cigars. It's just Brooklyn it's like cigars. Super colorful, but just yeah, tastes like yeah. cigars. Jack Kirby, I picture. Uh, uh, I mean, I feel like I've heard, I've seen some videos and stuff. He sounds like the thing. Like yeah. he's just the thing from the Fantastic. Oh, Chomping on those cigars all day. Chomping on those cigars all day. Like no ventilation. But Kirby Crackle is what need what what people refer to his depiction of like space or and energy, energy or cosmic yeah. energy yeah. that he sort of basically invented. And comic book artists have 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 taken like built upon refined or just straight up used and it's become like a staple in comic book history and imagery kirby crackle is what's, what it's what's cool about it is that like normally if you want to draw like energy beams or lasers mm-hmm. like it's very color dependent mm-hmm. he was like the first guy who said i can do this in black and white yeah those, and it works and you and it instantly works. know what it is and adding color to that is cool but yeah it works in black and white yeah. exactly hey everybody welcome to the 500 greatest films podcast that was Hi. a good intro that was a good read about on jack your point. kirby yeah. thank you yeah my name is Bye. 
director Navarro. <laughs> and sitting across from me is my good buddy, Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say hi, Keller. Hello. And our guest today <laughs> is a very special guest. We've been wanting to have him on the podcast for a Duh. while. He is a a movie expert. Oh, stop. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is, this is this because we have a lot of different types of guests on our show, and we love all of them, and everybody brings different Some real dum-dums. Some real <laughs> movie dum-dums is what I like to call Just them. Just kidding, guys. Just like, have you ever seen a movie? You know who Guess you are. Guess what? You know who you are. Our guest has seen a bunch. I've seen a couple. He is a producer. He's worked with us at Geek and Sundry, mm-hmm. and it is Eddie Doty who's Hi. here today. Eddie Doty. Eddie. Thank you. Eddie guys. Doty. This is a Eddie. huge pleasure for me. I love talking movies, and uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of your faces. Thank oh, you for being you know. here. Eddie, thank yeah. you so much for coming over yeah. and watching this movie tonight and, and partaking in some of our dinner. Yeah, even eating though leftover lamb. Just, yeah. just Keller's scraps. They, um, I had them on the floor, and I was, I was in, like, does I was, anybody want yeah. these? I was in the guest cage. Yeah. Uh, there's a guest mm-hmm. cage. And hey. it's, uh, I don't let them into my cage. Right. No, of course not. <laughs> I have my own cage. That's what, right. What if you invited people to like, your screening room and it's just fucking cages? Pick one. Pick a cage. Any cage you like. Like a person in a zookeeper's costume like comes in and like locks you in yeah. like the movie's yeah. over my cage is the one that's like best suited for 3d that's yeah, sure. that's my sure. only requirement and i'm like, pissed about it stereoscopic yeah. cage <laughs> yeah, Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's the one i'm at but uh eddie before we get into it sure i'll remind you even though you were so nice enough to say you've listened to this mm-hmm. dumb show before thank you for doing that we got two traditions yep. keller's going to take care of the first one the second one will be taken care of by you by the end of the episode okay we're going to ask you if you would please contribute any movie ever. Sure. It can also be the movie we watched tonight that you think should belong on a list of the 500 greatest movies of all time. And we'll add it to the new list that we are Got it. in process of accumulating from all of our guests. And, uh, and also before we jump into remind <laughs> me, how did you land on this movie? Did you pick it? I did. I, I, I did sent a list. Is that what list? happened? Yeah. You okay. sent the list over and, um, why this movie? Uh, cause I, I would be, I knew you guys would have a hard time finding other people to talk about it. <laughs> and I do love this movie. I think, yeah. uh, there's a few reasons and we, we'll get into a little bit later, but like, okay. um, so I graduated high school in 1996 because I am an old, um, and oh. yeah, so that's, you're not, not an old, you're a normal, I'm you're a, normal. a regular. Normal. Yeah. So I was five. Mm-hmm. I was, I was a year, I was a year out of high school, but I was also like still in the army and I was like, wow. I was home seeing this and there was like, there were like these little there were like these little moments throughout the film mm-hmm. where I was like, uh, I feel seen. Mm. Um, and like, uh, just like weird connections and like it connected me in ways that didn't even like register until after the film. But there's, I always had like this really weird, like affection for it. I saw it in the theater with a good friend of mine. Um, saw it again with a girl I was dating. Mm-hmm. Saw it again. Like just, just I feel like it would be know. significantly better in the theater. In the theater yeah. it was great. It killed in the theater. There's like there's like a dearth of like mid budget dramas or mid budget comedies <laughs> in theaters these days. And like mm-hmm. yeah, or for these days for the last fifteen years. Yeah, really. and um, and this just killed. Like it just it was a good. It wasn't in like some art house either. It was in like a AMC. Yeah, and um, it was just it was like one of those movies where it just gains momentum as you go, mm-hmm. and your appreciation for it just sort of. Mm-hmm kind of snowballs and then like when you leave you're like damn that was like i it, i likened it to seeing the first austin powers in theaters mm-hmm. because you're like you're like oh this shouldn't work in yeah. any way whatsoever but it's kind of it's kind of, hello movie you're kind yeah. of charming me here and a, um, and a fun fun fact about austin powers well two actually first one these came out in like three months of each other really yeah like 97 97 the first fun fact about that is that people forget the trailers never showed that Mike Myers was playing Dr. Evil. Yep. So that was just for Complete the surprise. theater oh, audiences really? yeah. in the, it was a reveal and that yep. got a laugh when he turned, when it turns around and it's, and it's Mike Myers and it's obviously Mike Myers. Like that is amazing. That's great. Second fun 
fact, Keller hasn't seen those I've yet. I've never seen what? those. But what's so funny is that half the first one. a couple of years ago, Keller and I went through all the bonds. Yeah. So like, yeah. so he has something that I never You're had. Good to go. The yeah. reference Which points. is, I didn't even have that. I yeah. watched Austin Powers first and then eventually got to the and 60s no, Bond films. We watched every single <laughs> one of those movies <laughs> yes. and we didn't record a podcast yeah. for that. We just did that for fun. <laughs> On our own. There's like On 27 of them. There's, there, there's, there's, there's too like many of them. Yeah, there are there's 20... A lot. Too too many of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably, probably. But like now, I'm I'm I've been trying to convince Keller. I mean, we're super busy. We're doing this all the time, and this is what we're focusing on. And Keller's about to go on a on a nice vacation, which is fantastic. First time in Europe, which is oh, great. Fun. Oh so, yeah, where are you going? Yeah. Italy. Yeah, nice. I've never been to yeah. Italy. Oh, I'm yeah. really excited. It's oh, gonna be great. Awesome. Ke- Keller loves bread. He's gonna, gonna eat go everything. Learn how to make bread pasta. and pasta. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's gonna, gonna be bread great. and cheese. That's but, won't uh, have anything left. Yeah, but I've been trying to convince Keller. Like, well, I love the movie because I grew up on us and powers but mm-hmm. i'm like but you got to watch it because it, it'll be hilarious to you hopefully because you have yeah. to have those reference points they're making fun of stuff that you suffered through a couple of years ago you're like <laughs> you're like oh this is this was a phenomenon like these old 60s movies that don't I hold get, up we i understand sure. the aesthetic especially i don't want to like, get yelled at by anybody <laughs> guys i get it i appreciate it hard pass forever <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it keller sure. hit us with our first tradition my friend what movie are we talking about tonight give us that british guy voice for Hundred and thirty-nine grossy pointy blank. <laughs> I love this so hard. Nineteen hundred and ninety-seven. Director <laughs> George Armitage. A disappointingly low showing for one of the best comedy thrillers of the nineties. Great cast, parenthetical, John Cusack, Mini Driver, Dan Aykroyd as a professional headman in parenthetical. Great script, killer soundtrack. Yes. I would agree to all that. Does this yeah. cross the page or no? Oh. This di- no. this doesn't. Oh no, it doesn't. Okay, no, where are we? It's at the top of the. So top yeah, we've we've page. just turned the page yet again. Got yes, it. from Akira for people falling along at home. For people falling, you along are going to need to laminate that magazine, by the way, because this shit is falling apart. It, it is, is already ten years old. Yeah, eleven now. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. Yeah, I need. Oh to, my um, god, we didn't get anything for his birthday. Eleven's <laughs> <laughs> good. It's like it's like the Transformer, but like an edgy one. You know, yeah. you need like an edgy toy. I think this this eleven year old's fine. It just watched Akira last week. This eleven year old's fucked up. Like. This, this is, is a really fucked up 11 yeah. year old. It You've never heard of this Saul. comic book, Dad. Yeah. It loves Saw way too much. That, that was literally me at 11 talking about Akira, by the way. I just really? Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. You're reading a comic book? It's Japanese, Dad. Yeah. It's serious. <laughs> Your dad's like, what in the hell is this? All right, calm down, kids. <laughs> it's not Jesus the same. Christ. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would also agree with all of that. Let's get let's. I want to get into overall thoughts because sure. Keller and I had never seen Gross Point Blank, and Eddie, you have this great connection to the sure. film, yeah. and and you said that you've seen <clears throat> it uh, like a handful of times, mm-hmm. more than a handful of times throughout yeah. your life. Um, let's get into your overall thoughts. Was there anything new? Was there any way that you felt differently about it? New tonight in this rewatch? H- how do you feel about it overall? Hit us with it. it um, it stood up better than I thought it would. Cause cool. I, again, I was telling you recently, I just recently rewatched Anchorman. Mm. And I'm like, that's not ah, so okay. From yeah, 2004. That, <laughs> that movie is held together with, with stick and tape and like <laughs> performances, performances structurally. The editing is choppy as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, Adam McKay has learned to direct since that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, his editing still all over the place. <laughs> it's all over the place, <laughs> but like he's weaponized his schizophrenia. And yeah, his yeah. Directing yeah. style. Mm-hmm. So like when you watch vice and the shit's just crazy or like the big, short and it's just like you know. wow what bold visual choices no he just doesn't understand pacing like he just <laughs> that's fine that's, he's playing to his strengths he created his own pace. um yeah yeah this i yeah i was telling as i was saying earlier like i consider this movie very similar to brick in terms of 
and this is more of a new observation in mm-hmm. terms of it's created this world that is parallel to our own, but mm-hmm. not very much not our world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a little bit of a, uh, oh, Jesus, I moved your mic. Uh, it's got a little bit of a um, uh, Sorkin thing where, like, the characters all kind of speak the same language. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you buy it. What I was really struck by was just sort of, like, the small moments, like the little character takes. I think the chemistry between Mini Driver and Cusack holds up pretty well. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I think, like, everybody knows exactly what movie they're in, which is great because this is the kind of movie where... You have it, to. Yeah, it's it's a rail grind that goes on for, like, 10 minutes in Tony Hawk. <laughs> and literally at any second, the shit could go wrong. Yeah. And really just eat it. And somehow it kind of sticks the landing. Like, it stumbles and it kind of loses the balance. But, like, somehow it just sort of, like lands clean. Mm-hmm. I think they get out at the exact right moment. I like that. Cause I was also curious about the ending myself and like if the ending would, if they've earned that or not. And like mm-hmm. watching him, like they got out at the right moment because mm-hmm. you don't know if those two characters ultimately are going to stay together, but they at least drove away. They, they drove away. They're like, yeah, shit's fucked up, but Hey, we're going to give it a try. We're going to get out of town. Going to get yeah. out of town to see where it goes. You're totally right. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it's, it's not, not overstay yeah. its welcome no. at all. No, like it knew like, look at this great third act. This is this, there's some great jokes in this. Mm-hmm. This is a hilarious premise that we're actually delivering on, and then the movie's over. Yeah, and talking about Brick and talking about a movie that creates its own reality, we've had an interesting last couple of weeks because we watched Being John Malkovich, mh-hmm. and we watched John Akira. Cusack. John okay, Cusack. Yes, yeah. John Cusack also does the main voice in Akira. Yeah, he no, does. He does. <laughs> he's Kaneda. People forget that he was young, but he did it. American voice. No, he did not. Um, but like. We were watching Akira, and Keller had never seen it, and Keller was like, every five minutes, this movie's fucking nuts. Yeah. And it is. That's Akira. Yeah. Then we watched Being John Malkovich right after that. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it was, was a like, double feature. It, it was, was like tame in comparison. Yeah. And, and Malkovich is a film that Keller had also, you've seen it before. But I'd it, seen but, it before. But it had been a while, same for me. I didn't really remember any of the details sure. other than the, yeah. the premise. premise. We watched it with Chelsea and Abby, or no, Abby wasn't here, but Chelsea was here. She'd never seen it. So like she was she going into hated it, hated it profusely, very cold for sure. <laughs> Total like like you know clean slate going into the film. She didn't know she didn't know John Malkovich was John Malkovich <laughs> when John Malkovich first came on screen. And yeah, that wig and the, the effects are like yeah, no no. She goes oh who is that and we're like that's John Malkovich. She goes yeah yeah what's the actor's name? We're like no 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 that's oh, actor John Malkovich <laughs> like shit, like shit. right yeah, yeah, yeah. but um but that movie being John Malkovich. We felt like, I felt like, is is one that also doesn't quite hold up as well. Mm. It creates its own reality, but I feel like the reality is fighting with itself. Yeah. There's like two different tones in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, three quarters in, we get to this amazing, it's almost like Zoolander type montage where it's just actor John Malkovich has quit acting <laughs> yeah. and he's a puppeteer and it's hilarious. Sean Penn is being interviewed. Yes. Yeah. It's hu- and Sean Penn's like, I think we're all, we should and all David have Fincher bravery. David playing some other yeah, guy. It's yeah. hilarious. It but is, like, there's like a couple of montages that are amazing. Yeah. Like the yeah. puppeteer one. And yep. there's one other that's very good. Yeah. And, but like the but movie up to that point and kind of some stuff after where it's John Cusack's character, Cameron Diaz, yeah. Uh, 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 oh shoot I'm forgetting the other actress's name from um, 40 Year Old Virgin Catherine Catherine Keener like these characters it's like they also are trying to have this this um, alternate reality the way that they all speak and like it was tough for us to buy well it's like what Eddie said no I feel like they did not know what, the, what movie yes. they were in. Yeah. Like Mal- everybody John thought, Malkovich did. Like he, John Malkovich yeah, 100% yeah. did Amazing. know what he was doing. But yeah. everybody was taking it 
I don't know. We don't have to talk about that movie again. The point is, is that that stuff didn't like coalesce. It didn't yeah, the click. world that they created in that is in- parallel to ours, but supposed to be similar. It, it's it asking work. us to take it seriously, but also not. And it's supposed to be artsy fartsy. We get to this, we get to gross point blank, and it knows what it is. Like it you're exactly saying, exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it held up, and and yeah. So you're saying it. It you felt like it held up better than you thought it would. I, I did, yeah, because a lot yeah. of the. I mean. And I forgot, like, there's things in the script I noticed. The script is pretty strong in mm-hmm. terms of maintaining the pace. I love, like, there's a scene in there where, um, you know, the the first gunfight at the at the Ultimart, and um, <laughs> like the explosion happens within 30 seconds. He's calling Debbie to yeah. say, like, hey, I think we should just like maybe have coffee or something. Yeah. <laughs> like that's insane. But when you understand the trajectory of the character, it kind of makes sense and it works, and you you find your. I found myself a lot in both the first time and this time going like, I'm not questioning this as, as weird or dumb. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I should be, but I'm not mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not pushing back that hard against any of these choices. Really agreed. There's a couple moments. I you just have to buy in. Yeah. Once yeah. you're bought in. And like I was saying to you uh, in the movie, Keller, like the movie doesn't stop for you. So if you mm-hmm. don't, if you don't catch the train at the beginning, like you're, you're, it's like the prestige. If you're yeah. not on board immediately, they are not going to stop for That's you. That's essentially what, yeah, yeah. with prestige has been mentioned last yeah. episode. Yeah. Exactly. That's it's another, like, yeah. It, it, I, I knew that I was going to, and this is true at the very least, be thoroughly entertained throughout the film. Mm-hmm. The second Dan Aykroyd shows up at the beginning, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, and this the, is a choice and Alan Arkin, but it still works. And yeah. Alan Arkin and it, the Alan Arkin scenes where he's playing his therapist reminded me of. Of how, me of analyze this. Yes. And yeah. I and, and it made me want to rewatch one year prior. that. Really? One year wow. prior to analyze this. Two years prior to Sopranos. Two years prior Damn. to Sopranos, yeah. where that did it in a serious setting. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's 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 a pretty like great choice to have that killer talking to a therapist thing. Yep. Yeah. But it did make me want to rewatch analyze this. And it mm-hmm. makes me want to watch Barry now. Yeah, do you which I've watch never Barry? seen. I've seen the pilot and it is great. Dustin yeah. Butler uh, was telling me about yeah, oh, he's great. Quite a lot. He's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, Dustin Butler and Bill Hader is yeah. great. They're yeah. all great. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Hader's in some great gifts. So the, he's he's fantastic. Yeah. So so that's yeah that's where I'm oh, at. Yeah, then that, thanks for bringing it back to gifts, Keller. <laughs> what are your overall thoughts, having never seen Gross Point Blank? Uh, I need to watch it again. Okay, and I need to watch it by myself. I think okay. and just like sit there and just actually. Really listen to what everybody's saying. Okay. Like, I wasn't following, like, I had to ask Eddie questions sure. a few times. Sure, sure, sure. Just and certain things, as soon as we asked them, they would be answered two seconds yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's not a movie that is, that is spoon feeding it to you, mm-hmm. but it is a movie that, like, if you do have questions throughout and if we, you wait you know, a minute, you, it might fill it, it in for you. And will, you don't necessarily yeah. need all the right, pieces right, right. filled in. Like, yeah. I was saying, I think I would have enjoyed one aspect of the film, which is Cusack and Mini Driver's character's relationship more if we had seen a high school prelude like a mm-hmm. like an opening that was like, like set. prom night yeah, yeah like and maybe it's the same actors different actors whatever but like to to see it but then eddie was mentioning well the movie's also about well you just go ahead and talk about it yeah i mean because like, you convinced me i was I like actually finish my you're overall right. thoughts okay go ahead and yeah, finish please. your overall thoughts okay <laughs> you matter too keller <laughs> yeah i'm sorry the guest definitely matters more yeah. i Need to see this movie again. Okay. So far, I think that everybody talks the same, and mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. got on my nerves a little bit. Sure. The soundtrack is great, mm-hmm. and I would say I don't need to see it again, other than I have to see it again. Okay. I'm bad with junkie sick. Here's, what, here's where I'm at with overall thoughts. I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly surprised 
that it got on the list. I'm of the surprised five, it like held up as well as it did. Yes, also. Yeah. I am surprised at that because I was expecting it to be a little bit more like, ooh, they yeah, kind of didn't. I was expecting to cringe a lot more. Especially yeah. with Eddie was telling us this is a John Cusack project. He's the star. He wrote it. He's got like a writing credit yeah. on it. I was Producer. worried that that this kind of, of, of creative direction was going to leave out like, oh, we're probably going to see an underdeveloped female lead character. We're probably going to see those kinds of things. And it didn't have that. There was yeah. no glaring flaws mm-hmm. of like, oh, this is very, this is like a 90s oh, movie. Oh, we yeah. lost over Joan Cusack too. Oh, <laughs> she's great. She's yeah. amazing. She's great. Yeah. yeah. Just like, I feel like Joan Cusack is, is the master at barely being in a movie and like, being it. so like, memorable, you never being forget her. So memorable, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but so so my She's overall my favorite part in broadcast news when she runs into the water mm-hmm. fountain. Nice. <laughs> my overall thoughts are: this is a good movie. Yeah. I still don't know if I am on the John Cusack train, right? Where like because I still don't I'd know. Say if, this is one right? of his best movies. It though. is, it and is. this is like. This and High Fidelity are probably like the quintessential John, John Cusack, Cusack movies. Movies, yeah. right. And I prefer this to High Fidelity. I do, for too. Sure. Cool. For sure. For sure. I, I like the character. And I think it's a great premise that I think actually delivers on the premise. I was, I, like, and it was Eddie, very funny. He, Eddie perfectly described it being this 10-minute this grind of like, dude, this premise could either be like silly, stupid, not work, you know, make you fall out of it, or it could just kill and demolish and just be the most hilarious thing ever. And it kind of, it's, it's like it right teeters. there the whole way. It the teeters whole way. the entire time, but, but never, exactly. never it wipes perfect out. Grind but on. then it'll like make this really weird oddball choice mm-hmm. that like it charms your pants off. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. It's just sort of like, it's something a very, will get, something gets a good belly laugh yeah. and you're back on board. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It just like little character touches. No, the, the thing I was saying was, um, the, the, the high school the high school thing yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so you know I saw this like a year <clears throat> after high school and mm-hmm. I think everybody has that moment like a year after high school where you feel like it's been 50 years after high school yeah. where like so much of your social dynamics have changed so many of your relationships that meant the world are suddenly now like is that really what I'm about? Like, I and mean, didn't you say you just went into the military? I was, I was, and he was, yeah, and yeah. went into the so, military right out of high school. So I'll finish my thought and then I'll tell you a story about that. Um, <laughs> but there's a, you know, I think like had we seen that relationship and that dynamic, mm-hmm. it would have been like, well, we were there. We now have our own takes on it. I mm-hmm. like that we have to piece together their relationship because so much of of looking back is like. Was this real? Was there mythology? How much of it is still sticks and still lasts? Mm-hmm. If you can still have feelings for somebody 10 years after high school, then shit, hold on to that because mm-hmm. that's super rare. Mm-hmm. Even friendships or just any kind of like dynamic or relationship. Yeah. So the fact that like they've both have this effect on each other. And like when you said like, because you know, there's that moment where they kiss right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was like, is that inappropriate? What the heck? Like, I'm yeah. like, wow. They were like, both on, in on They're in on immediately. Yeah. They were yeah, both yeah, like, yeah. but they were both like, wait, what's happening? Like it's, you fall into these old rhythms, you mm-hmm. know? And like, there's been times where I've, you know, seen exes around and then like, you just, you still feel that pull. Like mm-hmm. if you haven't seen them in literal years, um, about the army thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <clears throat> there's a little bit there that's, kind of real. And that's a sense that when you join the army before you actually ship off, they send you this thing called MEPS, which is like military enrollment processing something. You take tests. Mm. You, well, you take the ASVAB before that, right? Or, yeah. or actually no, there's, I two, that in high there's two MEPS. There's one MEPS where you do, there's one MEPS where you do the test. And then there's the other where you get the results of the tests that you take and you do all the physical tests. So you have to like, can you squat? Can you do a push up? Can you, they take all the blood, they mm-hmm. give you all, you know, all that mm-hmm. shit. So when they sit you down with your career counselor, <laughs> I like how they phrase it, um, they come back with a list of 25, at least when I was in and, you know, I mean, maybe it's different now, but I think it's mm-hmm. fundamentally the same. They give you a list of like 25 jobs that are best suited for your aptitude. 
when I sat down with them, like, and my strategy with my career, my military career was, I'm just going to be, uh, I'm just going to enroll in the reserves. Mm-hmm. So I'll do my time in active duty for like a year and then come home and go to college. I just mm-hmm. wanted like a gap year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't looking for like a whole lot of time because, you know, boot camp is a straight nine weeks and then you go into your AIT, which is your job training, which can be six weeks if you're a fucking laundry person and then, you know, three years if you're super high speed. Mm-hmm. So they sat me down. I didn't know what I was going to come back with. They're like, okay. And the guy kind of like looked at the paper for a while. I was like, huh. I'm like, is that a good, huh? Like what, what is that? I was like, so you're you're my boss. No, no. He's like, your top three jobs are in psyops, which are psychological warfare, disinformation, propaganda, leaflet drops, like that whole, and it was like three different roles in psyops. Leaflet? Yeah. Like, like, so basically like. So now that he's gone into media. Yeah. (laughs) That honestly, like that was part of it. So funny. um, That's very interesting. Yeah, it was. Just creativity. They find the creative people and they're like. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was was false radio broadcast, false media dissemination. Like it was super heavy shit. And he was describing it. I'm like. I'm like, well, how much time do I have to think about this? He's like, you have literally five minutes. And I'm like, I don't know if I would do that for the rest of my life. And then um, I'm like, okay, well, okay, how long is the training? He's like, all right, you're going to have your nine weeks of boot. Then you're going to, before AIT, you're going to go up to this one fort for 10 weeks of language training because you're going to specialize in like one area of the world. Then you're going to go to your AIT, which is a year and a half. And I'm like, I can't give two years of my life to this thing. Yeah. Like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not what I signed up for. Laundry yeah. person. <laughs> well, I'm like, what's next after that? And they're like, accounting. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. Wow. So, like, I end up on my 11th, which was uh, ammunitions. And okay. that was, ammo mm. specialist was my actual job in, mm-hmm. in the Army. Mm. So, like, I landed on But there was, like, a moment in my life where yeah. I was, like, considering it. And I'm like, do I want to? And there's, like, time to time. I'm like... Had I just chosen that, yeah. consider, and this is pre-9-11, yeah. you know, like considering yeah. everything that's happened, like what would my, and I don't, and believe me, this is not, I wish, I definitely, mm-hmm, I definitely sure. made the right call. But there are moments where I'm like, what would what have happened been? in my life? What could have been? Yeah. And I think that thematically to this movie, that's, you know, there's a reason why I think the character's named blank because like, mm. I think there's a crippling fear coming out of high school of like, what am I going to be? What's my identity? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of this movie is an allegory for you know, basically going zagging when, you know, choosing option C where there isn't one. Right. Just not buying into the whole, what am I going to do with my life and essentially escaping. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he did was escape from this notion of what his life could be. And then he comes back and realizes, well, Hey, everybody, when they get to that reunion scene, he's like, wow, everyone's kind of fucked up as I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not just because I'm a killer. I think this is just part of being an adult, being a twenty-eight year old, being a twenty-eight year old, especially like yeah, all these twenty-eight year olds in this movie, man, baby yeah. faces, baby faces, and they're all like easily in their mid thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I think that's a that's a huge part of this movie, and I think that's kind of what it it kind of like just slow blade passes the message of the movie to you. Mm-hmm. To the very end, where mm-hmm. you, by the time you hit the end of it, you're like, okay, yeah, maybe it's maybe the future's not so scary. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's okay to be afraid of it. Maybe it's okay to to not have your shit together when you're in your mid twenties. Totally. Like, and I think that's a super powerful message, especially for like younger people kind of trying to find their way. And a little bit sneaks it in there, yeah, because you're watching kind of this whack. Like it's 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 crazy a crazy. It's movie. a situation comedy. Like mm-hmm. it's it's you it's know a situation it's a comedy. High it's very surreal. concept. Comedy, better off Ted. Yeah, that that yeah. that is, is able to deliver all that stuff you just described, Eddie. And I think also like the idea that he, um, well, I mean, I guess to make it more real, that he would be a contract killer going through he the way he described it, armed forces. Then he got set up with a job yeah. that was like 
government sponsored and then he went into his own, own business and, yeah. own business sort of a thing like that makes sense but even even that adds to not just to your own backstory and your connection to the film but also like i think that 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 when people end up in that path in the armed forces that there is sort of like how you're describing like an uncertainty to mm-hmm. to just your life ahead of you yeah and and i think that that adds to what cusack's character is what blank is going through because like for some people, I imagine it feels, and I have no idea when it comes to to armed forces or military or anything. But and they don't give you much of his family life either. Like correct. His mom is glimpses. In, yeah, his glimpses. dad is gone. Obviously, that's that, true. His, but I mean, look. At, this is what you know about the relationship with his father. It's done in twenty seconds. It's him walking up to a tombstone, uncorking a bottle of whiskey, dumping it, it dropping the bottle, walking off frame. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. like twenty. And you're like, I'm good. I don't yeah. need to know much more than that. And then the scene with his mom yeah. was pretty heartbreaking as well. Yeah, but true. it was like, it was like we get. Little glimpses of that, but it really feels like it the character is situation absolutely, and and feeds into why he made the decision he made at eighteen, mm-hmm. you know, to go and, and sign up for that, and and that character probably thought, well, this is going to be what I'm going to do. Cut to him ten years later, and he's see- seeing a thera- like therapist, a midlife like, crisis at twenty eight. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There, there's a great moment earlier on after when, murdering a bunch of people <laughs> when he drives up to his high school and he encounters his teacher outside, mm-hmm. and then she's like, "So what are you going to do next?" He's like, "I think I'm going to swing by home," and like the teacher pauses and. Goes are really, you? really? Are yeah. You? yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, okay, those like just those little the. That's why I think the script is probably my favorite part of the movie because mm-hmm. those little dialogue choices just those still waters run deep. There's so much packed behind every word, every glance, and just mm-hmm. delivery. Yeah, just mm-hmm. the way it's delivered. Like it's letting actors do the do the do the heavy lifting of the storytelling. Yeah. The relationships is what paints is what makes the themes work. Mm-hmm. I think like just the dy- not even just like the characters, but the dynamics between the characters fills in so much of the gaps of the plot. It's not a very plot heavy movie. No. It's guy's a killer, goes home, has to kill somebody, turns out to be his ex girlfriend's dad, and and they work it out. Yeah. Like, even that's basically it. There's yeah. there's layers of other stuff. It's a little over stuff with references to this other job that we never like ultimately it's just an excuse for Benny Jet Rikidas to be there to therefore get killed <laughs> on camera and to therefore have a moment to basically have your all is lost moment. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, Oh shit, yeah. she found out like that's the only function of that character and the entire storyline. True. Yeah. True. You're absolutely right. Yeah. In and fact, then many drivers delivery of her whole speech. It's great. To John Cusack and the hotel room is, it's great. great. Yeah. Cause we got to a point. Yeah. Hector she was like, yeah, I don't want them to get back together now. Yes. Yeah. I'd be mad if they did. The movie convinced me. Cause you watch this movie. And when we understood what the premise was for somebody who's never seen it and knowing movies, like we know, it, we, we're like, I don't think that we necessarily know what the ending's going to be, but we know what to expect from a movie like You're this. Expecting like a wedding. Expect, you know? Honestly, yeah. expecting them to, to like, for her to forgive the guy, for her to be like, all right, let's try to make this work, whatever. And they get to a point where she shows up to his hotel room and tells him off in a way that essentially like, calls out the premise of the movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm it, not, it, I'm not your, your, your romantic restart yes, in your life yeah. or whatever. She basically, know? she basically like dashes in a second. So many of the traditional, like supporting female tropes mm-hmm. of I'm your redemption. Mm-hmm. And she lays out clear the line that always gets me every single time is where she's like, you don't get to have me. Yes. I'm not a possession. Yes. You know, I'm not this thing you earn. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, you're low agency. key a sack of shit. Yeah. You're, you're psychopath. Like, yeah. And you're so she, insane. She bails and I went, yeah, the movie convinced me she's right. I hope that they don't end up together. Hope that the end of the movie <laughs> is that, is that Cusack, Cusack's character blank 
just like still grows and yeah. is able to move on with his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the third act is like <laughs> this fun action thing. Exactly. That and then you, lo- you understand yeah. why. And it's so More funny so, because... And it is a little bit forced still, I think. It's a, yeah, it just... It, it's, yes. But the way you said it, it's like they're not together necessarily. Like they're just right. in a car leaving together. But she's she does smoking. Like she's yeah. clearly fucking anxious as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I... The, yeah. Uh, one thing I loved she's is... She's got to get out of town. She's got to get out of town. And that's the thing. She says, you know, you can't, you know, forget, like, forgive, you know, just accept. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of the takeaway is, and again, time back to the theme, I think it's just like this idea, like, look, everyone's fucked, just, you can accept it or not. Mm -hmm. And that's really all. And also, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to accept it. It's a very, it's a great, I guess it's romantic, but it's just like a, it's a great comedy. Uh, I'm still funny. The dark comedy. I'm still surprised at how, because it feels like a lot of the movies that we come across on this list are like, they're there for the reason of this changed film. This, do you know what I mean? Like this broke this barrier, this pushed this envelope, this did this. And this movie doesn't feel like it does any of that, but it's still just like solid. Yeah. You know? And, and I don't know. It feels like it does like true lies, like that vibe. Like, yeah, this is obviously wackier. For sure, but and uh, that's, a good, that's a good way of putting it, though. Yeah. But like creating a world that makes sense to that world, mm-hmm. and the relationships are what's by it, and it's still it's, within our world. So yeah. you mm-hmm. have the grounding points. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. it's an Earth too. It's yeah. A, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm just surprised. I wonder if this movie, like, because I was excited when I when we saw Jenna Elfman pop up in a little cameo. <laughs> so many random cameos. Yeah. Too, yeah, Jenna Elfman was so funny. She's very funny. But mm-hmm. like, anytime I see Jenna Elfman, I think about can't Darman hardly wait. Greg. Oh. Not Darman Greg. <laughs> I don't think about that. I think about Can't Hardly Wait, which is a movie that I love that I know does not hold up. It doesn't. I know it is. I'm, it dying, is specific, to re- I'm dying to receive it. Right? Yeah. It is specific to that generation, to yeah. 1999, to the, to the people who were that age when that film came out. Yeah. That I know that if it were up to me and sort of our generation, like we would hold that movie up, like oh yeah, this. But like everybody else would be like, no, this is not great. Kind of mm-hmm. a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah, but like I, this isn't a shitty movie. But I wonder if this is just specific. Like if this is ranked on this list specifically because this list came out in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and when the list came the out, people the who readers, made this list, love yeah, this movie. grew up with it. They yeah. love it, you know. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, oh, we have to pay respect to Citizen Kane. Like Eddie, I'm to- surprised you didn't get asked to make your top ten list for this list. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> From so, the, no. Eddie knows about this list. There's, he a, knows, there's quite he, a few, yeah. He, he, yeah, knows, about, he knows about this the magazine. The Empire Magazine yeah. list. Yeah, no, I, oh, that's okay. what I was telling the guys, like, when, when you guys dropped the name of the podcast, I'm like, oh, no, not that fucking Empire thing. Not how do, how <laughs> do you know about this? How do you, how I, are you exposed to it? I was doing a movie podcast at the time mm. called, um, it was originally called Down in Front, and then we changed the name to... Good name. Uh, well, yeah, it was, and then, well, no, but then we got hit with a and d because there was, like, some other podcast named it. Uh, so we changed our name to What Are You Doing Movie? Um, and <laughs> also it was, good. It was, a, it was a live movie watch-along alternate commentary track podcast. Great. So we'd watch it, sometimes in real time, never having seen a movie before. Sometimes we curated mm-hmm. Bring Back Movies That We Really Love. Cool. Um, and then I, I spin off of that was I hosted a documentary podcast called Documentality where we just talk docs all day. Um, cool. But yeah, so when this came out, I think we even like mentioned this on one of our, our random episodes where, <gasps> yeah, I think we even mentioned when it came out and like, how do we feel about this? And we're, and yeah. I think some of the reactions at the time were like, where's some of these movies? And like, why are, what? And yeah. like, you know, it's, it, we kind of, our takeaway was it's kind of like the Academy Awards of lists. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, there's going to be mm-hmm. some things that just don't make any sense. Green, green, green book would be on this list. Yeah. yeah. Green, but it's also like, <laughs> these kind of movies are like, are the results of 10 editors sitting in a room and arguing mm-hmm. with, you know, they've bought lunches they're in their 14 hours. Mm-hmm. And then some of these placings 
are like clearly some person's hill to die on. And everybody else is just like, okay, fine, fine, shut up. All right. Fine. Just fine, let's just move on. We'll leave. Di- Can Pirates I see my kids Caribbean? now? Jesus. Dead Man's Chest. It's <laughs> yeah. on there. Fine. Yeah, what the hell? Fine, Dead Gary. Dead Man's Chest is on there. I know. But God. it was 2008. Yeah, and so I people still don't so, get it. I know. It's, it's a just, fine movie, but it's like, like... Who in the film industry was that diehard for the Pirates movies, though? <laughs> you know, I will say is... Um, fucking Gore bitch me, that's my boy. The, the VFX community was fucking apeshit over the first two Pirates movies. Oh, yeah. Yes. Davy yes. Jones yeah. is next Davey level when it's great. Have you, ever been yeah. to, have you ever been to uh, the Bake Offs? The VFX Bake Off? The Great British Bake Off? No. no, the VFX Bake Off. Okay, so they, <clears throat> so it's open to the public. You can go. Uh, it's already happened for this year. It usually happens first week of j- January. And the Visual Effects Society takes the 10 shortlisted movies for the Visual Effects. Yeah. It's down at the Academy. Yeah. And what it is is you sit down and then the VFX lead for each film gets up, talks for five minutes shows 10 minutes of the film and answers questions for three minutes. That's awesome. And it's, and it's amazing. And like the, um, and what's been big the last 15 years at this thing. Mm -hmm. And I've gone like five or six times. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of my good friends, Trey Stokes, he's an old school, uh, visual effects guy. He was the visual effects lead on, um, starship troopers and, uh, so he worked for Tippett for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, uh, so the last 10 years or so, practical effects has been this big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I was there for the year where they went up and talked about the second Pirates movie, mm-hmm. and the guy literally went up there and was like, because a lot of the presentations are like, this many shots, this many computers, this many people, this many you know people hours. But the, for, for them, they went up and like, we built a ship and broke it in half. And it's like, done, Oscar. Wow. Like, it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's just practical <laughs> effect. Oh, my God. So I think like a yeah. British mag like this where they're really impressed by the scale and the building of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the year Ex Machina won, mm-hmm. I knew it was going to win because he said, so we only had a third of y'all's budgets. <gasps> we had a f- like uh, half the time and for every visual effects composite we did. The, we didn't realize that they were shooting in a glass house, oh, and so we had to do reflections do off. Twice. Of, we had to do reflections off of every <sighs> single shot, and so the vibe in the room was like, "Fuck, give yeah. me the Oscar!" Like, yeah. and, and, wow. and that's why, like, at my friend's Oscar party, I'm like, "I guarantee you, Ex Machina is going the, the Oscar." And, it did. and you're like, it did. "Why? It's yeah. just a lady with robots." <laughs> yes, but they bounce her six times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's just it's crazy. Did so. you have this uh, experience with this past year's uh, Oscar? I didn't go nominees? to this. Pa- I didn't go to this okay. past year's. Did I you went- have a feeling that it was? Going to be first man over some uh, of the first other first man had a lot of the buzz, but okay. it was, we also thought it was like just because the big studios win it so often. Like we were mm-hmm. like, it's either going to be Avengers or um, it was either gonna be, we thought it was going to be Avengers, but mm-hmm. like I remember talking to some folks and they were like, yeah, but first man had a really good reel. Sometimes just having a good reel wow. is enough to do that. The famous story that comes out of these is um, the year Titanic was nominated, mm-hmm. and I've told the story on like five podcasts, but like <laughs> the the year Titanic was nominated. Instead of the VFX lead for Titanic, fucking James Cameron came. Ugh, and great. Yeah. So he does his presentation. Now, to the right of the lectern where each person talks, there is a lamp pole with a red lamp light bulb. Mm-hmm. So when your time is up, it flashes, mm-hmm. and then that tells you to go he on stage. He just kept on going. Keeps Solid on going. red light. Solid. Flash. He looks at it. Flash. He looks uh. at it again. They just, like, hold the button down, like, contain the light. He's like, yeah, okay. And then he pulls out a handkerchief and unscrews the light bulb. And then, uh, and then he just talked for like another six minutes 
and then just wow, kept going. What a dick. What but a that's dick. cool, though. Ever no, since not. then, they have glued the light bulb <laughs> into the thing. And you know this because they begin every bake-off saying, we've glued the light bulb in because of that one year because James Cameron unscrewed Wow, that's so hilarious. That's like the, and also, don't let the directors do that anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. That's a huge Directors insult never, to the VFX lead. Yeah. It's yeah. But, but Cameron being Cameron. Right. And, and my buddy Trey worked on The Abyss. He was a... He probably thinks he's like a cool man. Yeah. I mean, no, look, I can't if, believe if anybody, being the VizFX leader underneath yeah. James Cameron. That's got to yeah. be the biggest, or that's got to be the most annoying thing yeah. in the entire world. Yeah, but yeah. Fincher is the same way. Fincher was a former VFX guy on Return of the Jedi. Ah, and so even yeah. all of San Francisco and Zodiac is VizFX. It's pretty, all CG. Pretty much. Like everything, cool. most of the social network is CG. The one, cool. the one thing in common I've heard from both Fincher and um, Cameron, for people who've worked for them, is that he knows your job better than you. Which sucks. Which sucks. And it's like, and so like Fincher is a kinder, gentler Cameron, I think, Mm -hmm. from all I've heard. Like he'll come in and actually like coach you and like want you to learn. He's probably got vision. So you're going to execute it the Mm -hmm. way he wants you anyway. It's Mm -hmm. like, uh, I bet Cameron's a dick about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's a scuttle. Perfectionist is the word. I don't like it. But we say dick. You don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not necessary. That's interesting. I mean, I, man, that story is a great story. It is. I'm still, I don't know if I'm mad at him though for like, that's kind of gangster. Baller move. It's kind of gangster. I'm like, don't take out the handkerchief, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do it with your bare hand, asshole. Yeah. I made piranha too. He didn't give it back either. He didn't he didn't put it back in. He just took the damn light bulb. He has it somewhere. He doesn't have anything to justify it. I'm sorry. Man, to get to that point in Hollywood where you have that much power where people are not just like, um, no, you have to get off the stage. Like that's nuts, man. I hope he (laughs) I hope he wields that power for good. Uh, okay, cool. So yeah, with avatars two, three, four, yeah. five, five, six, six, seven, eight. Well, there was nine. such a demand. Yes, I know those. exactly. The good news. Like, oh man, they finally built Avatar World. Okay, at the sil- Disney the, World. The silver lining of this of that mess is that Let's hear I it. have heard that they Let's are just going to do two and three. Okay, four For and now. five haven't started yet. Right. They're they're basically going to wait to see how two and like I think they have plans, but they but mm-hmm. they're just doing two and three. They probably done a shit ton of previews though. Probably, five, probably, yeah. and it, I'm sure that when James Cameron said I have ideas for five, yeah, he does. Like I if this if the second one's going to be underwater, the third one's going to be whatever. The fourth Space. one, like he knows, he knows, he knows. But like they are just doing two and three, and then however, depending on how those do, then we'll possibly get four and five, yeah. mm-hmm. which is crazy, but. <laughs> Yeah, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. You don't want Sam Worthington to come back? Uh, Remember when Sam Worthington was he like... He was like, going to be a thing. I'm the guy. And everyone was, was like, nope, I'm a man on a ledge. And then Hollywood was like, okay, what about Jeremy Renner? And then I walked everyone was out like, of man nope. on a ledge. Except he won. Who? Or Jeremy Renner didn't yeah, win, but Hurt Locker, Locker won. Hurt Locker was great. Yeah. Hurt Locker was good. But yeah. Hurt Locker was the one that was like, here it is, Jeremy Renner. And then Hollywood was like, cool, he'll be True. the popular guy in all exactly. the good popular movies. And, and audiences were like, no, thank you. No. Yeah. We'll take 70-year-old Tom Cruise, please. Not yeah, that guy to take over. Here. We'll Tom just Cruise. keep. We'll just keep watching Tom Cruise. Were they trying to get Jeremy Renner to be the next yeah, Mission Impossible guy? Yeah, that's man. a bummer and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't watch that. I know. <laughs> Born but, Legacy. Get yeah. out of here. There's a kind of a forgotten Jeremy Renner movie, but he played fucking Dahmer. And he's Ooh. amazing. Is he? He's is he so good? good? I would see that. I would they, see that. Like, I would too. The movie's kind of all over the place, but like mm-hmm. part of like the like him in a little indie performance, hundred yeah. mm-hmm. percent. Part of like the the thing about that movie in particular was about how Dahmer was like 
it showcased like the relationships Dahmer had with the people before he killed them. Mm-hmm. So like how he would like, he was just so like eager for connection of any kind of thing. And if you've studied Dahmer, uh, like my wife has, cause my wife fucking loves true crime shit. Um, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Like his whole thing was like, scary, I, I kept a piece of them cause I didn't want them to leave me. Oh, you know what I mean? And wow. Renner's Renner's like oh, performance. Wow. Like you get that, like you get yeah. that completely from him. I get that in Avengers too. Like I he, get that he, in he, you know, <laughs> he kills the Chitauri and cause he wants no, to stay connected to no, stay here, okay. yeah. stay here with <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, I like him as Hawkeye, but I have never once been like, I want a Hawkeye movie, but I still no, like him as Hawkeye. Like, I and think, I like when he pops But it's like up. what you said, like, I don't know. Some people are better as the, in the ensemble. Correct. Anyway. And I, and I and think he's, I, I think feel he's like good. Hawkeye's always been better in the ensemble. Even, in, even as a character in the comic books, I would agree with that. I would agree with even that. Even though yeah. apparently his new run's really cool. Yeah. His latest yeah, yeah, yeah. run of comics One is of pretty them. Matt great. Fraction stuff is dope. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that that's Matt great. Fraction run is like, is yeah. like priceless. It's like it's, so, it's just like flawless. Like, yeah. I don't it's think it's as good as Hawkeye sure. can be. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just him, it's also a younger female Hawkeye, Kate mm-hmm. Bishop. So oh, it's both so of them. It's like mentor. It's great. Yeah. Eddie. Yes, sir. We're going to give you the final word on Gross Point Blank. Okay. And then if you would please transition sure. into picking a movie to add to our list. You got it. Of the 500 okay. greatest movies of all time. All right, final word. Final word. Um, you know, look, it is an incredibly solid and unique comedic voice yeah. uh, in a genre that is kind of overplayed. And if you're ever sort of looking for the anti-rom-com and you're like looking for just like a really solid black comedy with a, a, a bit of heart to mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. Um, for a specific age, I think that's... It's one of those eminently watchable movies. I feel like it's, Shane Black wrote love this movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it, it is very much. It, yeah, you definitely yeah. get some Shane Black parallels. You just needed a Christmas scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, but like, but I, yeah, I think it's like it's super dependable and like I like that it's because I haven't seen it in ten years prior to tonight. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm super happy that it like just. Oh, holds so up. this is the ten year anniversary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and but, Keller, you have to go to your ten year anniversary later this year. Yeah, I'm gonna go later this year and cool. just murder somebody in the hallway. Stab <laughs> <laughs> somebody with a pen. Yeah. I have an army at all. No, I think it's I think it's like if you're looking for just like a fresh it's it still feels fresh now. Yeah. Which is the best thing that I could like say about it. It feels fresh now. Yeah. And that's that's good. It's just it's a good, unique voice. I'm not mad that it's on the list. Okay. Four thirty, fair enough. Nine is four thirty nine. Like it's on the back. (laughs) Yeah. Slightly high. But like I I put it somewhere in the solid four hundreds. Like I think it's like it it makes sense to put it somewhere in there. Okay. For like the comedy action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Movie. Like like, shockingly good action set pieces. I I didn't really think we talked about that. Like the Mm -mm. the fight choreo is pretty solid. The um the gunplay choreo is pretty solid Mm -hmm. and it's it's fairly accurate. It's consistent with like standard CQC. Like, yeah, we're pointing out that we're pointing out. It doesn't have that dumb Hollywood thing where it's like, he would have been out of bullets. They're constantly reloading, constantly reloading, constantly chambering. Yeah. Yeah. You know, constantly like there's trigger discipline. Like there's, Mm -hmm. you see you, they, they hold the weapons as they should be held. Like it's, even though John Wick is like very stylized, there's a lot mm-hmm. of like actual discipline that goes into yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You see, and like what what I like about this is that you see a lot of the it's discipline, but it's also familiarity. Like mm-hmm. when he holds a firearm in his hand, like it feels very natural to him mm-hmm. to have it in there. It's never like this thing. The arms are never locked out. Like it's just very like he's got it. He knows what to do mm-hmm. and what not to do. Yeah. But yeah. So overall, I think it's like if you're looking for just like it, it's a shockingly good date movie. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Like I've made yeah. out with a few ladies. I've like, just like <laughs> it's it's weird. Like you see this movie and it's like, hey, I kind of want to kiss the woman I'm with right now, or yeah. the man, or whoever. Yeah. Even though um, I've murdered multiple people. Yeah. yeah it just kind of works, mm-hmm. and it. Uh, 
that's the thing. It shouldn't work, and it does, and yeah. we're all the better for it. And speaking of the fight choreography, I was somebody going into this thinking, I don't know if I'm going to believe John Cusack <laughs> as a as like a fighter and a killer. Then we get to that hallway scene where you were explaining yeah. Eddie the whole movie that the guy who is playing the ghoul, Benny the Jet, is Benny the Jet, who was like John Cusack's for real fight trainer yeah. and has been for decades. Oh, well, not just kick that, and kickboxing, kick, kick, kickboxing trainer. Kick and then boxing. Cusack was throwing some punches, and I was like, oh yeah, he kind of knows. Like it looks good. Familiarity. Yeah. Benny the Jet wasn't just. I mean, he was a he was a thirty seven and one. Uh, kickboxer uh, in the late seventies, early eighties, wow. and like he and his loss was kind of like this weird, like kind of weird DQ thing. But like, I mean, he was one of the pioneers of American kickboxing in, in the West. Cool. Like when it was like a whole thing. He his school is down the street. The Jet Center is just like down the road from here. Cool. Um, We're going tomorrow. Going. <laughs> Gonna hold some pads. Right? And he's Jet Center. And he's uh yeah, like I said, he um and if you watch say anything, mm-hmm. all the kickboxing stuff is is from Benny in that movie as well. That's great. Yeah. Was Benny the Jet? I uh, don't know in, anything um, about in anything, the Sandlot so named Kitas. after Benny the Jet. Was <laughs> no, he? I th- Benny or Kitas, and I think if you if your name if you're a fighter in like search of a nickname and your name is Benny. Yeah. Just Benny the Jet. And every yeah. time you walk out, bump. Benny. That movie looks good. Yeah. Eddie, what movie are you going to pick, dude? You have such a, you have such a great take on films. You have such a great love and passion for the stuff that you love. Not just gross point blank, but we've had other conversations about other stuff before. Dude, what are you going to pick? You could pick any movie ever made. I already, I put some thought into this and it didn't take much, but I would, and I don't know if it's on this list. Okay. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Night of the Hunter. It is Night not of the Hunter. On it the list. is not on this Night list. It might be on the this 500 garbage list. Garbage Night of the oh Hunter might be on the 500 God. list, but it's not on, oh, on our that new list. list. Okay, so let's yeah. find out. Let's that's find the one with out. the creepy pastor and the kids. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. a black and white movie. Those kids. Yeah, the kids man. are amazing. That That is a piece of... Oh, we only have Night of the Living Dead. Nope, no, no Night of the Hunter. No, Night of the you Hunter. suck wow. list. I'm better who than you. Who directed that? Night of the Hunter is directed by Charles Lawton, who was an actor in the silent and post-silent era and is the only movie he ever directed. Who's wow. the actor in that? Uh, that would be him? Robert Mitchum. Yeah. Uh, who plays Reverend Harry Powell, who is loosely based on a real guy who was, who was a killer robber who posed as a traveling revival preacher. That sounds amazing. The movie takes place kind of turn of the century ish. I know, like like thirty forty. Remade that? No, I actually. It's funny you should mention that, dude. I actually had a pitch for a remake on it, um, and I'll get to that. At the Did end. you see First Reformed? Yeah, love that movie. Love that movie. It's yeah. it's a different direction that I would take it, but like that's. But yeah, so now the hunter. If you've never heard of it, black and white Dust Bowl noir movie. Um, wow. In the sense that it takes place in the deep south. Uh, circa 1930s, like basically Depression era, mm-hmm. Deep South. It takes, like it, yeah, takes place. Then, what year did this movie come out? 1956. Got it's, it. There's a Criterion collection of it. Got it. Which is amazing. <clears throat> it's a three by four, so it's like the framing is not great on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, they did a really good cleanup on the Criterion. It looks great, except for the aerial shots, which had no stabilizer. Mm-hmm. So it was literally just like a hand crank 16 and a helicopter. It, it did, didn't work out well. Um, I like. So, it. Yeah, so I think it was a plane even. I think it was a single prop plane that they did the aerials on. Wow. Um, but anyway, the movie is basically Harry Powell, when he's in jail, has a roommate or a cellmate that says, oh, man, I'm in jail because I try, I robbed this bank and I stole all this money and I hid it all like in my kid's room back at their ranch over in here. And Harry Powell's like, oh, interesting. Murder stab, <gasps> escape prison, goes to the hometown marries the woman <laughs> no, to be stepfather to these kids. And then little by little is trying to 
find out the location. Fi- yeah. So if you look at a lot of the art, you'll see love and hate tattooed on his knuckles. Yeah. And if you know your Spike Lee, you know that do the right thing. Radio Rahim mm. has love and the hate. Spike Lee has been very like open about the fact that he loves Night of the Hunter. Mm-hmm. One of his favorite movies, Jared Leto named a shitty song after it. <laughs> um, if you like Bat for Lashes, she basically did a whole concept album based on like the the female character of this movie. Wow. Uh, it's had like it's got these weird tendrils and tentacles that like manifest into other artists you know and love. Yeah, it's been hugely influential on the people who influence you. Yeah, um, it's this tense little movie, bonkers, just fucking bonkers. It should not work, but yeah. it's got these. Do a Google image search of Night of the Hunter. You'll be just confronted with these insane still images that are just haunting creepy and weird. Shelly Duvall has like, uh, or no, Shelly Winters rather not Shelly Duvall. Shelly, Shelly Duvall, Winters. Yeah, she was super young. There's this shot of her dead underwater. That shot of the, cause so the kids is eventually escaped. There's this whole 10 minute interlude where they escape wow. and she ends up at this boarding. They end up at this boarding house and that, that old lady with the rifle is like the only thing standing in between them and uh, the kids. Um, oh, no. that, that Shelly Winters shot of her under the water. She's actually underwater. That's a whole like tank, uh, scene that they do. Dude, this looks gorgeous. There is a really great making of behind the scenes of um, on the Criterion Blu-ray mm-hmm. where you can hear Charles Lawton working with the kids. And mm-hmm. like, if you ever want a masterclass in directing kids, um, this is this is that movie mm-hmm. to like study. Uh, the character choices that I mean, this is Robert Mitchum. In my opinion, is Robert Mitchum's best performance by a long shot. Mm-hmm. He's just so like so charismatic and just so sinister. Um, and like just, and it's a huge, deeply cynical commentary on the Bible belt and like the rust belt and like, uh, and just like how Southern neighborly culture is just so willing to turn a blind eye Hmm. to fucking horror Mm. and just like how they're just, there's literally like, there's literally like one line in there where like the sheriff is asking this one lady, like, well, doesn't that seem odd to you? And she's like, Oh, anytime something like that happens, I just go back and think about my canning. Yeah, like it's just it's it's uh, wow. it's funny in, in a lot of parts. It's weirdly comedic, and it's got like this really bizarre ending that like kind of leaves you feel uplifted. It's just there's literally no other movie like it before or since. Dude, I I've, love I've, this pick. I've said, yeah, mm-hmm. I've said like I've said before, everybody should just watch it. I can't guarantee you'll love it. You will never forget it. That's a great yep. pitch. I've seen Damn. part of it at Alex Jacobs' house. Really? Former guest that on this guy, show. Alex yeah, is great. Of course. Of course. Who yeah. brought over Topsy Turvy yeah. on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Topsy yeah. Turvy, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So that's well, a good one. Shit, I had a I was a I was guessing on Drew McQueenie's podcast a while back and mm-hmm. um he they had this game called Remake This. Mm-hmm. Oh. Did you so pitch Night of the Hunter? I pitched Night of the what Hunter. What is your pitch? My pitch and you is, let Spike Lee direct it? No, I wouldn't let Spike Lee direct it, but it's funny you mentioned that because I thought about like that movie the premise of that movie couldn't really work in today's society. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to invert it. And instead of it being a preacher, you'd have to make it like a Western celebrity, basically moving and relocating to like a small indigenous community and country mm-hmm. for some kind of grift mm-hmm. for some kind of crime. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I think about like, you know, when celebrities go to like small indigenous nations, Oh, you mean leap of faith with Steve Martin? Kind, kind of leap of faith <laughs> without the religious bent, but mostly like, yeah, kind of like, but basically just like a shitty celebrity running, like a D level celebrity running a con yeah. in like a foreign country. That's like small and like really leans on like, 
you know, we're not used to this presence in our day to day lives. Yeah. And like, and kids always somehow being the victims of it. Yeah. So like that's kind of how that would be like my take on it. There'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of so like sinister the Wiggles. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) what if Mister Rogers was a piece of shit? Part of my inspiration was when Dave Chappelle just went to fucking Africa randomly after quitting the Chappelle Show. Yeah, and I'm like, and I understood like I understood he went there to decompress and to just get away. Right, but I always thought about like what that was like for the for the for the the town he went to. For sure, like we're not your vacation. You know, we're we're not the place you're going to find yourself. We have. Our lives continue after you leave. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that was kind of the inspiration point for that. That's great. But yeah. That was, uh, yeah. That's Go a see solid, it. Night of the Hunter. Pick. Night of the Hunter. I definitely want to. This is the, uh, this is only the second week where Keller and I realized that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse exists and nobody has picked it yet. But I'm not mad, man. Uh, yeah. I'm not mad. Night of the Hunter? Like, you convinced me. I'm like, <laughs> It's going to make it onto the list in the next so many I'm years. I'm more it just will. pissed it's not on the Empire magazine because they have <laughs> fucking yeah. Pirates of Caribbean and they don't I have know. Night of the Hunter. Like, I what know. the hell? Well, speaking Ugh. of this list, Neither Keller... Neither of our favorite movies. Is that your favorite movie? No, Karate Kid. Karate Kid? Nice. Okay, great. Pick nice. Kid's that makes movie. a lot of sense. I'm pretty sure that's on the list. Yeah. My favorite is The Iron Giant, not on the list. Keller's is Empire, Empire of the Sun, the Sun. Not, on the list. not on the list. Love that movie. Uh, so yeah, so this is a flawed list to begin with. It is. And yeah. uh, But I also, I love it because I'm able to watch movies I've never seen, like Gross Point Blank. And Keller, what are we watching next week? It's another movie I've never seen. I've also never seen it. What? Next week, we are watching The Lost Boys. I've seen oh. part of it. <laughs> Eddie, you've uh, seen this film? You've heard I of this? I love Lost Boys. We're going to get <laughs> to see a little kefir. Yeah, a little kefir. No, Jackson Lansing is from Santa Cruz. Ooh. If you ever, I'm sure you had a guess already, but that... Uh, we do. Who's our guest, Keller? Ne- it, Nolan Fabricus. Nolan Fabricus. It's yeah. going to be a so well time. But we got to get Jackson to come and talk Jackson about something. There's no Star Trek film on this list. So I'll have to pick <laughs> something crazy. else for Jackson to. Uh, the only one that would have made it would have been um, Rathacon, I feel like, would have been the only film. Yeah, that and I'm surprised that's not on there. Honestly. I agree. Pauline Kale said Rathacon was like the greatest piece of sci fi in like the last it's 20 great. years. Who's it's got that? some of the best sci fi performances ever. Oh my God. Pauline Kale, she's like one of the greatest film critics of all time. She's oh, awesome. like, she passed away about 15 years ago, but mm-hmm. she was, um, she was the in house New York Times film critic forever. She wrote several books on film criticism. She is awesome. like, she is like one of the patron saints of film criticism. Yeah. You will you will find yourself strongly disagreeing with her on many films. I love it. But her insight is always like is her voice is like truly missed. We are this yeah. generation needs a Pauline Kale and we yeah. don't have one. Oh, so that's a great yeah. that makes sense. Like yeah. it is. Yeah. Like, the the performances art, are great yeah. and like you don't it's a contained story, mm-hmm. and you don't need the world building. You don't, nope. but it's but it, it's also improved if you're like a fan of Star Trek yeah. and yeah. you remember, you know, mm-hmm. years prior seeing Kirk and Spock on TV, and which you made me watch beforehand. I did, but not every episode. <laughs> no, you only made me watch Space <laughs> Just Seed. Space Seed. That's no, and you also made me watch the one where Charlie <laughs> Charlie X. Yeah, Charlie X. See, originally before this podcast, I pitched to Keller, "Hey, let's do a podcast called Keller Hates Star Trek," where I made him watch every episode of Star Trek of every show ever. <laughs> I didn't know every. Well, Show ever. I thought yeah, we were just no, doing original. Oh, no, no, so no. That would have been nine and Voyager. That that been, and then we would have been done in six years instead yeah, of ten. That's true. Man. Yeah. If we would do an episode of Star Trek a week, I feel like it would have taken a long time a yeah, long to get time. through. Because yeah. we would have done the animated series, done yes. all the movies. Would have yeah. been, <laughs> been too much. But it would have been a great podcast. Mm-hmm. And my belief is that by, by a couple months into it, you'd have been like, I like this. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't happen. All right. Well, we that's... change the name of our podcast. Is that that's Keller loves Star Trek? No, not going to happen. Yeah, no. Keller tolerates Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> Keller tolerates it. Uh, so, Lost Boys next week. Nolan Fabricus. 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 I'm going to say Fabricus. Say it. Fabricus. Nolan Fabricus. Fabricus. 
Uh, and Eddie, yes, you were an absolute delight, oh, man. Thank you. This is a thank total you pleasure. So much for coming over and sharing your insight and your and your oh, passion man. for yes, this film so much. and for Night of the Hunter and for just telling us great stories, man. Oh, dude, yeah, thank my you, thank my you. Pleasure. That was great. Uh, please, you made me like this movie more after we watched. Oh, yes, good. yes, good. which is going to be good because Keller's then going to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Good, and mm-hmm. you'll have that you know in the back of his brain. Uh, tell people where they can find you or your work. Anything that you'd like to sure. point them to? Any way that they can support you? Sure. Yeah. Um, so Twitter at Kirby.Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're into d and I'm on a D&D podcast called Plunders and Blunders <laughs> with uh, Gina DeVivo and Sam DeLev. Great. And, nice. and They're great. Some, some great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Trevor, uh, Trevor Adams is a great DM. Um, I'm currently the executive producer at Jukin Media. So like cool. Fail Army, people are awesome. All that good stuff. We're, we got some, it's going to be a long road, but we got some good stuff coming the rest of the year. Very um, cool. Awesome. And then, uh, oh, <gasps> there's a thing happening this next weekend, I'm not sure I can talk about it yet. Just do again, it. If you're, well, well, wait, this now this, this comes out. The uh, 25th. Yeah. So will this, will this thing have already passed? No, it will have filmed by then. I can just say if you're a fan of D&D uh, and you're a fan of like certain people in the D&D world. Got it. Uh, basically, <gasps> keep your eyes around, open around May time frame is all oh. I got to say. That's all I got to say for right now. Guys, follow, if follow. you have eyes, keep them open in keep May. Keep them open. Yeah, keep <laughs> them open be vague. in May. Let's be follow vague. Eddie for that vague promotion. I love that yeah. because yeah. I, I have a, f- I don't know what you're talking about, but I, I'll if, tell you afterwards. Okay, great. I think it's I'd probably like pretty rad. So yeah, that's pretty it cool. It sounds pretty rad. Um, cool, man. Well, thank you again for yeah, coming over. So, so much. Everybody for listening, go check out Gross Point Blank if you haven't yet. Hopefully you've seen the movie because it was pretty easy to get to. The Lost Boys is on HBO. Yeah. You can watch HBO Go or HBO whatever. That's mm-hmm, where The Lost mm-hmm. Boys is. Go watch it. Come back next week. And Keller, have a great vacation in Italy, man. Oh my God, thank you so much, Hector. Have a great time risky businessing it around our apartment <laughs> with no pants Donald on. Ducking it. It's gonna be Donald Duck constantly. Let my Winnie dick the poo. Hang out. Winnie the Pooh yep. t-shirt <laughs> cooking. Definitely. It's gonna be great. Eddie, thanks again, thank man. Thank you, brother. Cheers. Oh, thank you. Bye, everybody. 